This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Thanks to Dr. Rick Brea for joining us for a couple segments there. Just, just a little teaser. I can't tell you very much. We haven't revealed the cover or anything, but the uh, new issue, football issue of Mile High Sports Magazine, arrived in the office today. It looks good. little sneak peek. By the way, there is a article about Dr. Rick in that magazine as well, among others. You'll find out more uh, tomorrow when the uh, magazine gets unveiled, but uh, just keep an eye out for that. You can always follow Mile High Sports. You can follow the social accounts at Twitter, Instagram, whatever. We have all of them and it's easy. It's just Mile High Sports. And of course, you can always go to MileHighSports.com or even better, the Mile High Sports app. You'll get all of it. Uh, You can even get the notifications when it pops up. So uh, the football issue will drop tomorrow all over town and a little sneak. Yeah, a little bit with Dr. Rick Perea in it as well. The Denver Broncos dropped their second preseason game. They are the Uh, Only team in the AFC West that has not won one. The Raiders have won both. They have given up the most points thus far. Uh, A defense, of course, they give up the fewest points in the AFC West at the regular season. They've given up the most points along with the Chargers, 39. Nobody scores in the preseason. They've scored the few. Well, Vegas says 68. That's Correct my math, 34 I, a game. Yeah, yeah, uh, the char- the, uh, the that, Chiefs have 62. That's 31 a game. They, the, uh, I, I know there have been a couple. The Broncos don't but, score. But no, the the you, you take the under. No, you're correct. You absolutely do. Right. You do. The pre- Most of the time. The, the under is usually the way to go in preseason because uh, the starters are not in for very long. It's discombobulated. Exactly. A lot of the cases. Exactly. Uh, and no, late I, in these games, let's face it, a lot of the times the teams are trying to just get out of I town. And Chargers and, and Saints go. last night. And one, I watched to see how things were in L.A. Unfortunately, things were decent in L.A. in spite of uh, uh, all the necessary precautions taken. They're going yeah. to stage the game, and the uh, conditions were fine, and uh, that was good. Um, the game was just uh, – uh, I, I had to stop watching after a while. I mean, the starters were out by the time I started watching, but it was, it was just so sloppy. It's just – yeah, it's pretty uh, and, uh, Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, it's I'm just convinced you're either a, you are it's either a, I hesitate to say huge football fan because I think you're sort of a glutton for punishment if you're just watching a bunch of preseason that isn't the team you follow. I get watching the team you follow, but uh, otherwise, ugh, mm. I mean, remember, this is a preseason that started this week on Thursday with an 18 to 18 tie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The, there was another tie the next day on Friday. The Bengals and Falcons tied at 13. I mean, just, ugh, it's awful. And thankfully, uh, you know, the Patriots called off uh, their yeah. game because of an injury that looked scary at the time. Thank goodness. Uh, it turns out to have been a concussion. Yes. Which uh, will allow the player to uh, come back to play, um, hopefully here pretty soon. And Bill yeah. Belichick did the right thing. Um, along with his opposite number, but it was Belichick who said, hey, we, we're not going to play yeah. anymore, and they have canceled joint practices this week, and you know Belichick is one of those coaches who does love joint does practices, love but they were going to uh, practice with Tennessee and Belichick's old uh, uh, star Grable, linebacker sure. and Mike Grable, um, but they canceled those. They did. Isaiah and that, Bolden, and that's, the right, um, that's the right decision to make yeah. for Bolden and for the Patriots. Bolden was released from the hospital Sunday morning. Uh, he had to be carted off the field. I'm, I'm sure if you you know saw the low lights of that. Very, scene, a highlight. very scary. Uh, scary moment. And, uh, yeah, Belichick and, and, and Mike LaFour basically, Matt LaFour, pardon me, decided it did the right. They just said, forget it. 
Um, we saw that, of course, it wasn't as bad or as dangerous as the DeMar Hamlin situation, but we saw that in the regular season in a game that counted in which uh, the Bengals, quite frankly, ended up with a significantly, they got a bit of a penalty for that even in the playoffs by that game having to be called off. And that was, it was still the right thing to do. Absolutely. And uh, I, I think you're seeing that more and more, and especially in a preseason game, that was a, a no-brainer. So uh, that they, they called that one off. Here, here Belichick is a Swifty. Taylor Swift uh, fan. He went to her concert, but Belichick said about seven seven years ago, Belichick said, I don't do concerts, although he's a big Springsteen guy. Right. He said, I don't don't do concerts. And he went on his radio show, I I guess today, and said, uh, I don't know how the subject came up, but that he had attended at Gillette Stadium back in May, I want to say, a Taylor Swift concert. And he said, wow, I was really impressed. Because it rained the whole show, and she stuck with it and was great for three hours. I mean, you know, could you, so could she you imagine earned if, uh, his respect. The greatest coach, perhaps, in the history of the NFL. And uh, went uh, to a Taylor Swift concert a couple days ago. Um, reportedly, turned down the opportunity to play the Super Bowl halftime show. To which, uh, by the way, if you're an NFL fan, um, good because you would have never gotten tickets to the game. You didn't, that would have been it would have been it it would have been it would have been sold out with the Taylor Swift fans crashing your, the ticket the Ticketmaster. You'd have had to had Super Bowl friendship bracelets. It wouldn't have happened. And I think even Taylor Swift understands. She's like, wait, I don't need to play the Super Bowl. How can I possibly raise my profile? I'm good. Super Bowl would be playing my show if she was doing halftime. They'd be playing football around. They'd be the you know the intermission. They'd, they'd- <laughs> They'd be point. the opening act. Yeah, it'd be the opening act. You know, like, yeah, they'd come back out and like, oh, everyone left. She is good. Uh, you know, he he had my, in fact, you remember one song that he did, and it had to, what we were talking about the first hour, um, Calm Down. Yeah, right? you need to calm down. You need to calm down. There you go. Maybe Vance was, uh, <laughs> did Vance get to, listen go to, to did that Vance song? get to go to the concert when it was in town? I don't yeah, think maybe, so. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, well, maybe he did. Maybe, maybe, maybe he did. did. You know, you you got it in there. I mean, it was, you know, in the in the stadium, right? So maybe. That was Belichick's favorite song, though. And he there said it has. Well, that's uh, not a problem for him. He says, for me, that has. Uh, well, he said on the radio this morning, he said, for me, that has some application. Wow. Sometimes I need to remind myself of that. What would calm down Bill Belichick sound like? Well, Bill Belichick just yells and screams at his players oh, yeah, all the time. He does. But in the public, I mean, the media, that would then just be, I assume, an inaudible grumble. I mean, what would it even sound like? He, <laughs> More calm he, Bill Belichick. I've I've talked to enough players who know. Oh yeah, he can be perfectly well understood when he mm-hmm. decides to get on. You. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 our ilk that he has uh, less use for. Sean Payton did have an opportunity to talk about the game. Of course, you know, a game against Arizona frustrated a little bit with the way they lose, just because uh, you don't like to lose that way. It's getting too familiar. Well, they lost that way again. Here's what Payton said. I was encouraged in a lot of areas tonight. I just finished telling those guys, uh, I thought, um, you know, we did a good job with the turnover takeaways, um, but we ran the ball. I thought we defended the run well. Um, certainly would have liked to have won, but uh, I was pleased with um, pretty much most of that game. I was a little disappointed at the end of the half. I felt we had time left. Obviously, they felt that we didn't. Um, that's pretty easy to get right, uh, and I think they missed it, but it is what it is. No, I, I, I think that's a fair assessment, and I, I agree that 
they appeared to be more organized. Uh, they were steadier the other night. And in, boy, I, I don't know what the percentages are. Brian Sanders used to be big on this. Uh, plus one on uh, giveaway, takeaway. Right. Uh, if you were in the plus category, you took it away more than you gave it away. Plus one, you won, you know, 65, 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. Plus two, it jumped up five to 10 percentage points. Plus three, I think I remember him saying that oh, was yeah. around plus three or better is 90% plus. Well, that you win the you win nine out of every 10 games if you're plus three, as the Broncos were the other night with three takeaways and no giveaways. And, and usually, there, you know, the reason for that, we've explained that here. On average, and it's, um, it's a rough average, but on average, a fumble is worth three points. You will... The odds are you will score, you know, an average of three points every time you recover a fumble. An interception is four because slightly more because there's an opportunity for a return. But you can imagine you get to those plus territories, you should. The difference, the reason that sort of breaks down, and the funny thing is I would suspect if you were plus three, even in this game in the regular season, they probably would have won. But you have such inconsistency with the, the you know, mixing and matching and players and units. And, and as you pointed out right off the bat, People scoring is low in the preseason because everyone's still learning and guys play with guys they're not familiar with. It's always disjointed and discombobulated. So you can get ahead on those turnovers and not necessarily cash them in. But I, I'm with you. I looked at this this loss and I just immediately sort of flushed it because, one, I'm not terribly concerned about what the threes and fours do. But I thought with the starters and, and, the, and the, the guys that I think are going to make this roster, I thought it was... Not night and day better, but I thought it was better. Oh, and I, I thought, thought it was better. And, I think, and it was yeah. better essentially across the board. And I think for, for a franchise that is trying to turn itself around, you know, it is a tall staircase they're trying to climb. The whole idea is you just keep going one stair at a time and keep going up and not back yeah. down. And I think you're starting to see that. You have to remember a lot of guys are missing from the secondary who haven't played at all in the right. preseason yet, including Justin Simmons. Correct. Uh, Williams hasn't played, I don't think. Uh, Sertan uh, didn't play, I don't think, in the first game. Played a little bit the other night, and IU caught a pass on him. That's the only reason I remember mm-hmm. that he played. Uh, but he didn't play a lot. Um, 49ers didn't have Nick Bosa. I guess there's some kind of contract squabble going on there. Uh, McCaffrey didn't play. Trent Williams didn't play. Uh, who else? Kittle did right. not play. Uh, so it, both teams were missing some guys. And you know, at the end of the game, um, I'm with you. I don't think the 49ers, given their recent history, are going to move any of these quarterbacks. No. Uh, even Darnold or, or Lance. Uh, yeah. But Lance has to look down the road, I think, and view any opportunity, such as the one he had the other night, as valuable. And it, it I'm not saying he's being showcased, but he's got to show something. And I love his talent. I, I, he's, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He can do what Purdy and Darnold can't do with his legs. He he is, he is definitely a threat. And, you know, he, (laughs) this is kind of how it's gone for him. 
he starts out okay, and then he throws that silly screen pass that Garcia ends up picking mm-hmm. on uh, after the deflection. And his numbers look okay, 12 of 18, 173 yards, one touchdown, but he did throw that pick, and that knocked his passer rating down uh, to 93.0. But it, at the end of the game, I'm, I'm looking at Lance and Danucci, who, whether it's with the Broncos or not, I, I think, you know, he kind of knows who he is. Lance is a number three overall, overall pick. pick. There's right. all the incentive in the world for Trey Lance to stay engaged. And, and all the incentive and the in the world for the Niners to kept play encouraging him. Yeah. him and, and didn't yank him or anything. When third quarterback in, I guess right. they weren't going to yank well, him. Well, he wasn't anyone left. What he did. Uh, but I, I actually thought that he was better than Darnold was just because the, the plays he can make in the passing game are bigger. He runs, and Darnold can run. Darnold, mm-hmm. Darnold isn't a winner. Darnold had 18 yards he on two carries. Lance was, you know, no, negative two on no, four. No, uh, but uh, you know, Purdy, boy, it, Purdy, Purdy's strength coming out of the draft, and I was amazed when he wasn't drafted until the final pick of the draft. Purdy played about 48 college games. Yeah, at Iowa State, and and that's one of the Parcells rules. I think mean, one of the seven Parcells rules is the more games you play, the better you'll be as a pro. He played 48 games. Lance is at the other end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. He hardly played any point. college games. That's a really good point. And played at a lower level, but that's not... But if just, you play a sufficient starts. number of games, it, 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 that doesn't matter. But in this case, he just hasn't played enough football, and Purdy's played a lot of football, and you know Purdy's coming off an elbow injury, and actually the sack might have been okay for the 49ers to see whether he'd get up because that's exactly what happened right. to him last year in the playoff game. And he got up and he continued to play because the kids got guts. But he finally came to the sideline and told Shanahan, he said, Coach, I can't throw. You're going you're gonna to have to put yeah, they didn't Josh Johnson the, the, in right. because I can't tear. throw. So, yeah, yeah it, it, you're right. I mean, he, he took over. At Iowa State, as a freshman, uh, actually pretty early in the season, as a matter of fact, he ended up playing uh, in, in 10 games. And then, of course, you know, basically started the rest of his career uh, in a Power 5 conference. I mean, you're in the Big 12, you're, you're playing a significant schools, and it is a lot of starts. And, yeah, I, I, I think that really is, that's one of the things you, you brought up with Parcells, and I think that's right. The, the experience really does matter because you have to – you also have to experience the downs. Oh, there were downs at Iowa State. Iowa State was a national championship. Right, and, and if you're if you're a train lance and you're such an extraordinary athlete, you're not going to have a lot of downs at that level of competition. And fewer experience in games means that you're even less likely to experience it. And sometimes you, you have to go through the downs. Yeah. And you're right. I think that's what's interesting about that matchup. But give it to the Niners because you have – Two guys picked third overall, and I'm sorry, but Brock Purdy is a better NFL quarterback today than both of them, and give it to the Niners for looking at it and yeah, we don't care. We're playing the best guy. Right. And and the, the, the Peter King did a piece as part of his uh, Football Morning in America column today. Part of the column is a long column, and it's a great read every week. But a large part of it is on how he spoke with Kyle Shanahan. It's funny. He asked him kind of about the quarterback situation. 
And Kyle answered, as he often does, at length and with great insight. And he's right toward the tail end of the answer, and he says, I'm, I'm sorry, Peter, I forgot the question. And Ken says, <laughs> so did I. But it was so good. Yeah. He wasn't even going to write about yeah, Kyle. As long as you get there. He wasn't even going to write about Kyle. He ended up writing about Kyle, and one of the things Kyle said in talking about what happened last year is when Garoppolo broke his foot. And Lance was already out for the year. Right. Right? Yeah. Lance started the year as the quarterback. He gets hurt. Garoppolo comes in and has that awful game against the Broncos, but then steadies down and and plays pretty well. And then he breaks his foot. So they put Purdy in. And uh, they go on and win the game because every game that Purdy started or played at least three quarters in, 49ers went 8-0. Right. In those games. So I, I don't know why you'd even think about replacing him. At Kyle Shanahan's thinking that night after after the game, he's thinking, How am I gonna keep my players up? Because they lost Lance and they now lost Garoppolo mm-hmm. on to quarterback number three. And he goes in the, the next day. Manna from heaven. And Poof. and the players are trying to get him up because they believe in Purdy. Yeah. It is like the story about McCarran that told his teammates love him in Cincinnati when he was allowed to be himself until the Bengals started to mess with him. Right. Um, and it's the same thing with Brock Purdy because he was prepared and he knew everything. And obviously value to that. So that the players didn't need to be pumped up by the coach. Hey, the third string quarterback is up, but we can still win guys. No, he didn't have to do any of that. And it's a tribute to to him, and it's a tribute, as Rick said, to Lynch and to Adam Peters. I guarantee you Adam Peters had almost everything to do with the drafting. John Elway team. talked about when he was the GM that he would draft a quarterback every year. Uh, didn't quite didn't, li- didn't quite live, live up, up to that. To it. But the truth of the matter is that's kind of what the it's a good do. idea, and that's why sometimes you get lucky. And because the quarterback position is where you see forty million dollar a year contracts, if you do happen to catch lightning in a bottle, that's amazing. But even if you find someone who can be your longer term backup, think of what it costs. Oh, I, it's it's remarkable. And the, the other point I want to make. Purdy played almost half the year last year for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And then he finally gets hurt in the NFC championship, championship game, right? right? Which is why the rule changed. 49ers were fifth in the NFL in yards and sixth in points. That's, and and that is Kyle Shanahan. That's a good offense. That's that is Kyle offense. Shanahan. Kyle is doing for quarterbacks what Mike was famous for doing in the running back area. Only three for six on the night, 24 yards, as Sandy pointed out, ran for one more than he threw. Russell Wilson did with uh, 25 yards on three carries. Uh, I'm with Sandy. Throw out the stats. He looked better. How did Russ think about it? We'll hear from him next on Miley Sports. Sandy Cuff and Sean Trotar, presented by Superbook Sports. 
Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Russell Wilson in the Broncos lost the 49ers. Not in, as they say, not in for a, not there for a long time. There for a good time. Played pretty well. Uh, three for six passing, 24 yards. Uh, ran for another 25. It wasn't uh, all that dazzling from a statistical standpoint. But what you saw, I think, is what you wanted to see. Progress when it comes to comfort in the system and looked to be more in command of the system. And, and that includes, I think, a pretty obvious focus, knowing that the game plan, uh, I think, was clearly in part in the early going, make sure Javante Williams gets the ball. We need to get him the ball. He needs to feel it. He needs to see it. And I think that was part of it as well. But I thought Wilson, for the most part, looked, uh, and we, we said it a little earlier in the program, this is the first in a Denver Broncos uniform that he kind of looked like the guy you saw in Seattle. Yeah, and, and I thought the running part of it was interesting because he looked decisive. I mean, literally last year, and you remember this, there were times when he had been told so many things by coaches, by his own quarterback coach who was heading up meetings with teammates on offense every Tuesday morning at the facility. Who knows how many other advisors. And he's got all these people around him. uh, Some are telling him not to run because you could get hurt, which turned out to be true. I think his agent was telling Mm. him that. And then other people saying, Russ, running is part of your game. you got to run. And there were points where I think he was getting so much conflicting advice that he would literally, when first feeling pressure, run around in circles. Circles. Because he wanted to stay in the pocket, but no. Somebody was telling him, no, you got you got to escape the pressure. Mm-hmm. And you gotta, uh, you got to look to run. You got to look to make a play. And that was it. You know, some of those were instinctive. But he was literally running in circles. Yeah. It was at times. (laughs) Which made him a little bit easier to sack Mm -hmm. uh, since he was uh, running circles in a very confined area. Uh, Anyway, he wasn't doing any of that the other night. He was decisive. I thought he got out when he should have gotten out. Uh, There was one run that was by design that actually was the one run of the three he had that that didn't go as well. Um, wasn't there a penalty on one? Maybe that was the play I'm thinking of. There, there was a holding penalty. Yes, a holding penalty. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that that was probably it. And when it was I on, say it didn't go well, and it, it was didn't on, go well um, because uh, of Cortland him. Sutton. As a yeah, matter of fact, it was on Cortland. Right. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Judy in the preseason doesn't have to do anything. Um, I would like like to see Cortland Sutton at least be able to line up on side and not hold. That that would be nice. Um, but it is uh, the preseason after all. But no, I, I thought it was by and large a good night for Wilson, and uh, you know Stidham was better than he was in the first game. Uh, but that's another great. one I agree. You look at the stats, kind of throw them out. They weren't really. I mean, 7.6 Well, the 50-yard pass to Virgil right. was a big part of the 130 yards pass. Yep. Let's face it. And, I mean, it was a nice throw. It was. Again, but but a, a nicer catch by Virgil. Yeah, I and a pretty nice run after the catch, yes. too. Yeah, yes. it's too bad he got hurt. But 
Uh, hopefully, it's that appears to be serious. a torn uh, meniscus at the moment, yeah. not yeah. ligaments. That is not, not ligaments. That is good. not good, yeah. but it certainly could have it been could have worse. Been worse. Yeah. Russell Wilson had a chance to uh, speak after the game, and here's what he said. Yeah, I thought we did a great job. I thought the offense aligned did a tremendous job with, with protection. Um, you know, uh, I thought that they did a really good job of keeping the space, and I was able to step up and get the ball out of my hand quickly, get, get the ball to the right guys at the right time, and then obviously scramble for some really big first downs and using my legs. I feel great, you know, um, and so uh, those guys did a great job, you know, protecting. It was good to see Mims out there make his first uh, catch, too, as well on a key play, and just um, there's a lot of good things, you know, feel great about it, just where we are and just all the hard work those guys have been putting in, all of us together, and it's coming together one day at a time. I, I did think it was interesting <clears throat> that the uh, normally uh, uh, rather <laughs> misplaced uh, telecaster doing the play-by-play in the preseason games uh, – Got off, I thought, a pretty good line of pregame. A little bit snarky, but appropriately so. That, uh, according to the Broncos, Russell Wilson had the greatest Wednesday practice in the history of the NFL. And I thought that was, well, yeah. even for Steve Levy, especially for Steve Levy, that's a really good line. And even he was appropriately sardonic, not, not sarcastic, not obnoxious about it. Uh, but he went back and referred to it. Again, feels like he as, 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 as saying, feels like he got to say guys. what uh, he got to Come say what Troy guys. Aikman wished he'd known. That, 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 <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're yes. right. I, I mean, it was not the greatest practice in the history of the NFL, but boy, the Broncos are so desperate to get the you know whatever good news, even a sliver of good news there might be about Russell Wilson uh, out there to the public. But uh, he he did play. I thought he was distinctly better. There was improvement from game one to game two, and there will be no game three in the preseason. And I thought for that the blocking was incrementally better yeah. against a Powers better, wasn't, but against the other a better uh, defense, yeah. obviously. Uh, I, you know, no Bosa, no, but whatever. No Bosa. Yeah, no Bosa's off the 49ers still, still makes good. them better than they're Arizona. Still pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, I think that was an improvement. He did bring up Marvin Mims. I was a little surprised. That they activate, or was he returning kicks? Yeah, they activate Mims and they don't put they him don't out there. They out didn't there put him out there returning kicks. Kickoff. He's still listed atop the depth chart. I know that. Now Sean the Payton good news is McLaughlin is out there doing it. Well, that tells me that McLaughlin, like McLaughlin is all but locked. Yeah, I think and McLaughlin he's a lock is locked to make it. Now. He's 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 going to be on that roster. That tells me that he's returning kickoffs. He's going to be one of their kickoff return options, and he's going to make the team. Uh, they're just trying to figure out if he could also maybe do punts because it might be, quite frankly, when you look at the lack of depth at wide receiver. The Broncos may at one point have looked at Marvin Mims and goes, well, he's going to be our number four receiver. We can use him in the punt return game. Now, all of a sudden, he's probably your number three receiver when healthy, and that's a different set of expectations. Or maybe I, they just I don't think he's ready. But I thought if he I was active, I thought he'd be active. out there returning well, punts and kicks. I mean, he caught more, one. More than I even mean, uh, yeah, as a receiver. He caught one pass yeah. for eight yards. He was targeted twice. But I expected him to be but out there returning, not, there on not being on the offense. Again, interesting. I, I, I'd say greater minds than mine are at work, and maybe I'll finally be proven right on that because when it comes to special teams, there haven't been a lot of great minds the last six years. It, it has not been real good. Speaking of the special teams, yeah, he had a, a bad first preseason game, but the Broncos were not worried about Riley Dixon at punter, uh, who they once drafted and then now is a veteran they bring back, but at a 60.3 yards average on his yeah, four punts, including one within the 20. 
And uh, maybe the biggest news, Brett Maher uh, hits a two field goals in the game. He has four kick attempts. He has the 48-yarder early in the game uh, to tie it 3-3. He hits the 34-yarder to give them the 6-3 lead. He and hit both of his. Unlike the 49er kicker. Uh, both of his missed, uh, extra points as well. Missed an extra point. Mm-hmm. Barely made the one uh, at the end, the field goal. To win. won the game. He j- just, it was, was from just, extra point diffs. Yeah, 19 distance. yards. 19 yards. Yeah. Just snuck in. And he's a third-round pick. Uh, in, in Jake Moody. But um, the problem with and, and this feels picking on it because they just pointed out, oh, he didn't miss a kick. He, he did everything the Broncos wanted him to do. But the problem is if you're the Broncos and you're thinking about Brett Maher every week, is there a concern that, you know, do you really have faith? At what point do you feel comfortable with going with him? And I think the Broncos are, unless, unless he falls apart this week in practice or in the third game, because, of course, he'll play. They have another kicker on the roster. I think the Broncos are going to go with him at the start. But is this a week-to-week proposition? Yeah, sure. And if Maher has a chance to win a game, unless it's from 64 yards. Right, something ridiculous. Right. Right. Something ridiculous. No coach would ever It has to be a fair expectation. Right. No no coach in his right mind would really... (laughs) Attempt try a 64 yard field goal at sea level uh, rather than try to convert fourth and five. You know, to try a 64 yeah. yard field goal, a percentage. Well, none that would keep his job for very long, right. at least. Yeah. Right. I guess. I, I still can't imagine somebody doing that, but I, I guess there's always we watched a possibility. It. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We did the, uh, uh, but Maher, I think, I, will, will be week to week. Is that, is that and a I bad think if he has though? a chance to win a game and he doesn't come through or he misses an extra point or two, uh, even if they win the game, I really do. You're just going to have to grab some week. guy off the street, yeah. though. I think it's week to week. Oof. I think it's week to week. I don't know. That's That always seems a, a little bit dangerous when you're looking at that kind well, of situation. Well, it's also but... dangerous to have a guy with the yips. And, no, he looked fine the other night. And, um, you know, it is a grass field. Yep. It is outdoors. Uh, there was some wind. Mm-hmm. And he, he was kicking there, him right yeah. down the middle. So he, and then, he yeah. was fine the other night. So we'll, I guess that's how it's going to go to for the Broncos for sure week to week when it comes to the kicking game, which is you know, somewhat uh, unnerving, but it, it is what it is. The the, the situation with Jalen Virgil, as we pointed out, disappointing, obviously tears that uh, appears to have torn that uh, meniscus, which would keep him out for quite a while. And I think he was one of those guys on the bubble. Uh, I, I do. I, I didn't have Jalen Virgil making the team, but I had him as the last wide receiver uh, cut and so yeah, it'll be tough. That's a bit of a drawback. Uh, that is going to be a tough situation. You know, maybe as weird as it sounds, if he is injured and the Broncos keep him on injured reserve, and that would mean he'd end up missing the season. But that might not end up being the worst thing because the Broncos could retain him. We know he's speedy. We do know he's talented. Uh, the meniscus when it heals, hopefully he doesn't gain. You know, there's no ligament tears would change things. But I talked about it before. The reason I had him as the last cut is because I had Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton is not going off this roster uh go up go back and look at the Julio mclaughlin touchdown look who springs him yeah Ken, kendall hinton i think springs kendall him a good with an outstanding player. just a good football an outstanding player. textbook block this is this is a guy that is realistically don't care where they what they list him as you know we've stood next to him he's about 510 180 and and, and lays down a perfect block to spring McLaughlin, and because Hinton is always in the right place doing the right thing, he's going to make the team. Because if you have to dig that deep, 
that's what you need to know on those depth guys. You have to know, like, he knows what he's doing. He knows the plays. He knows what he's supposed to do. He knows his role. He's going to go out there. He'll spring a block. Okay. He'll go do it. He needs to go out there and play special teams. He'll go yes, do it. Yes, and uh, suffice to and say. he's reliable. Suffice to say that Sutton, Judy, and Mims will not overwhelm you with their blocking. Tim Patrick was a decent blocker. Mm-hmm. The other three guys can't block. And Mark, Marcos Callaway and, doesn't and block Mar- either. And yeah. Callaway doesn't block. So, I mean, when you're talking about blockers, he might be about it. And and I, I do wonder, we'll talk about this in, in a minute because, you know, it is football. It's back. You know, that's what all those ties were earlier this weekend. And that, that means it's time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use promo code Mile High to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. That means win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code Mile High. So don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and the promo code Mile High. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Speaking of blocking and looking at the roster the way it is, are we really looking at the Broncos' offense the right way, or is it going to be something a little bit different that we haven't discussed? I'll explain next on My Life Sports. But everything at all just feels the same. At my high school, I felt more to me. Like a jail cell, a penitentiary. But time's... This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, this is your show as well, so we want to make sure that uh, we read your text. 303-831-1340 is the call and text line. And Danny Bailey in the booth uh, has a couple to take a look at. What have you got, Danny? This first one from Broncos 60. He says, Sandy, Sean, to win, you have to learn how to lose first. They've been doing a Oh, they've got a lot of practice for that. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, I hope it just means these couple games and this uh, this team. Not wrong. I mean, he's not wrong. You know, John Wooden always, I'm paraphrasing a bit, said, you know, first you, you lose big, then you lose small, then you win small, then you win big. And there's yeah. really no skipping yeah. steps. But I, yeah, it's been said by a few people, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me if Wooden was but it, but it feels the first. Like the, uh, Wooden's other great line was, took me a long time to figure out how to win, but once I got the hang of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, it seemed like it went okay. 80 some straight games. Helped yeah, have some yeah, of those guys yeah, on that roster, but still. Was it 88? Yeah, 88, I think you're right. What a Walton, Walton and then, uh, yeah, yeah, that helps. Walton. They had another long one, too, in there with uh, then Lou Alcindor. Right, right. Uh, that helps. That's not nice those back to Houston back. broke in the, gra- in the first great nationally telecast college basketball game at night that uh, I believe old friend Sidney Schlenker. Was oh wow! Part of developing because it was played at the Houston Astrodome, and Elvin Hayes had a great game, and Alcindor was playing with an eye injury uh, that probably should have sidelined him, and Elvin Hayes for the rest of his life dined out on the one time he got the best of yeah. Lou Alcindor literally, slash literally still Jabbar, called the, the game and of it the was century. only because it right yeah. it was only because uh, Alcindor was playing with one eye. Uh, and Hard to, probably shouldn't have been out depth there. Depth perception all. is a problem then, with that. And happens, then they yeah. played again in the NCAA tournament that year, and UCLA beat them by about 
50 points and Alcindor just killed Hayes <laughs> and never liked him <laughs> every time they played as a pro. Uh, Kareem, who wasn't always fully motivated. Uh, well, they made that joke when, in the movie Airplane. When, well, <laughs> and the reason it was funny was because there was at least was a the reputation to it. Uh, but when it was Elvin Hayes on the other end of the floor, he always played hard because he, he he intensely disliked Elvin Hayes, who went, went bragging that he had outplayed uh, Al Sindor and would well, I mean, do it know, again. As long as you did it once, my, I guess. My, my favorite story of the day, we'll get back to what we're talking about, my favorite story of the day in sports, the New York Knicks sued the Toronto Raptors, members of the Raptors organization, and a former Knicks employee whom they allege illegally procured and then disclosed proprietary information to their Atlantic Division rival. According to a copy of the lawsuit, which was filed in the U.S. District Court in Manhattan and was obtained by ESPN, the Knicks state that uh, someone whose name I can't possibly pronounce uh, worked for the Knicks from 2020 through 2023. I've never heard of him. Uh, sent the Raptors thousands of confidential files, including play frequency reports, a prep book for the 22-23 season, video scouting files, opposition research, Whoa. and more. After, there's more? It's Mission Impossible After stuff. the team began recruiting him, to join their organization in the summer of 2023, which last time I looked would be this summer. Look at that. Okay, that's intriguing. A little uh, cloak and dagger stuff in the uh, NBA. Yeah, he was the assistant video coordinator and then director of video analytics, player development, and... He violated a confidentiality clause. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't send the stuff to the other uh, teams. In an employment agreement and alleged that members of the Raptors directed his actions and or knowingly benefited from his wrongful acts. That is my favorite sports story of the day. The uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, that owns the Raptors, their response was MLSE and the Toronto Raptors received a letter on Thursday last week bringing this complaint to our attention. <laughs> that isn't quite an admission of guilt, but we'll no, do no, for it's now. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, have they? All right, until yes. something better comes. Yes, along. we've uh, we've we, we've heard that before. Interesting. What else do we have, Danny? We have another one here, uh, Sandy. If the line can't block, Russ is going to be the same as last year. Well, um, it, it's it's the left side of the line that would would worry me, and. Powers in in particular, because well, he, he has did looked, give up a sack the other night. Looked bad, and he has looked bad. bad. He has looked bad. Um, Bowles didn't bad. look that bad the other night. I think the right side of the offensive line, even without McGlinchey, seems to be. It was it was okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Quinn Miners, I think, looks fine, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought they were all right. Yeah. I, I don't think I, he, will Russell be the same with inferior blocking. I will say in this case, at least what I'm seeing is no. Now, if, well, if, there, there, there's if a, the argument there's a ceiling, is, can no. this team go anywhere without their blocking? The answer no. is absolutely no. not. No. And I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks, uh, and I haven't seen the whole episode, but I did see the part where Robert Sala, after one of the joint practices with Carolina, I mean, they won the game, but Sala's one of those coaches who takes more out of the joint practices yeah. probably that he 
I call them out of the smart game. ones. That's what I call them. Now do that. he uh, he went off on his offensive line and basically said, "If you can't block better than that, we're not going anywhere." Aaron, Aaron Rodgers no, is mobile, but uh, well, but, and now it, it, not yeah, that mobile. It was a joint practice, right? So and he was apparently more pleased. Now Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Yeah, he hasn't really game, done. He hasn't although, done anything really. They, they oh. say he's going to play in the third game. Which is strange. Which is odd. Right? Did, did I well, read that correctly? That all, all he's that, going to play in the that's third what game? I, it's that's what it seemed to indicate that. I, it, it just shows Why? you, though, in this case, that Aaron Rodgers, you know, what we, we maybe what we saw with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett's about to happen with Russell, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, Rodgers is just kind of going to coach himself. Well, if you watch Hard Knocks, Nathaniel Hackett is no more coaching Aaron Rodgers than I am right now. How are you coaching Aaron Rodgers? Is it not a lot? Is it minimal? Is it just texting him? I wouldn't say a word. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to get. You don't want to get. You know. You don't want to get that I mean, funny business. I, with, uh, I, I, with I've the watched a lot of hard knocks, and I, I mean, I understand there's some editorial control that the mm. Jets can exercise, but. Wow, um, Hackett looks like a mask. Looks like the team mascot. I am so happy that ever Broncos have never been on that show. So happy. Well, I mean, they're now, due. Eventually, now they're going to end up. It's kind of jumped the shark. I'm so happy. It's kind of jumped the shark yeah. because everybody plays to the cameras. Right. Everybody plays. You know where that statement that that comes from? Jump the shark. It's actually it's sort of like an early meme. Danny, do you know where it comes from? Happy days. Happy days. Yeah. Yeah. Fonzie. Where that literally happened. Yeah, Fonzie Fonz. jumped sharks, and that's when they realized, ah, okay, this show's gotten ridiculous. Yeah. Time to move yeah. on. That's right. That's the, you're exactly right. I do remember that piece of useless trivia. Yeah. And I love that everyone knows what it means. I did watch the show. Basically yeah, means that you're like, yeah, this show's not good anymore. <laughs> Time to but move on. Yes, that's the very definition. They're out of ideas. That's, right. that's ridiculous. The um, Broncos, when you look at the way this offense is, is built, and I think to the texter's point, I think this Broncos team, if it had its choice under Sean Payton, this is a team that's going to go back to a running identity. I understand they have Russell Wilson. I get that. You look at the the signings they made on the offensive line, two offensive linemen who are known more for their run blocking than their pass blocking. and, and uh, Whatever you want to say about McGlinchey's pass blocking, when he's healthy, he's an outstanding run blocker. Not good. Outstanding. They added Adam Troutman, who is the starter at tight end right now over Greg Dulcich because he can block. You added Samaje Pirine. And now you have a back with patience and burst in Jaleel McLaughlin. Sandy, I think this, Bron- big star I think this Broncos team is going to be a running team. I, don't, I do not think. And the injury to Tim Patrick, I think, further brings that to light. The fact that Marvin Mims has gotten very little traction. Now, Marcos Callaway is out there. Callaway was the leading receiver for the last Saints team that Peyton had, but we haven't really seen him featured. He's just kind of there. This is going to be a running football team, and I will say that even moreover, they'd be wise to do so. Well. As best as they can, at least. Yeah, and and, and score dependent, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, well, well always, runner yeah. Pass. If you're way behind, you can do it. Uh, you know, 17 to 20 points a game is not going to cut it, and that's kind of where they've been. And again, I know it's the preseason, and it was encouraging to see them run 25 times for 165 yeah. yards uh, the other night. That's over six and a half yards a carry. 
Uh, McLaughlin had the rushing touchdown. Um, P. Ryan looked good oh, on just three carries. Wilson had the three right. for 25. The, the three top running backs were uh, well Jones over that 6.6. had a 43-yard run. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they were able to run it uh, the other night. Uh, quite a bit better than the 49ers were able to run it. But again... Uh, to score points in this league, you have to be able to throw it, mm-hmm. and 17 to 20 isn't going to cut it. Uh, it didn't last year, and it won't this year. It's obviously not going to be enough to make the playoffs, but the Broncos are trying to get themselves back to respectability. This week, they will start with the uh, practice with the Rams, and this That's will be right. the final end That's of it. That's right, so, which, uh, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, ESPN.com came out with, I hope, their final <laughs> preseason uh Rankings of the teams not based do on what they've again seen after the game three so far. And, uh, you know, I, I do it by quarters. Um, eight teams, eight teams, eight teams, and eight teams. Uh, eight by four. Yeah, sounds right. And cool. the Broncos are, I think, positioned about where they should be because in that third, third tier. Yeah, third, that's what I was thinking. The third, third group quarter, of eight. I think you can throw a blanket over those eight teams, New England, Cleveland, New Orleans, Green Bay, Denver, Carolina, Las Vegas and Chicago, I don't think there's a di- – they have different strengths and weaknesses. I don't th- – different coaches, obviously. But I, I don't really think fundamentally there's much difference. And if any of those eight are are playing um, against another – Kind of a toss-up. One up. of the eight, it depends on who's home and yeah. what the conditions are. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's much difference. And, in fact, um, uh, the top eight uh, – you know, it's pretty consistent with Kansas City, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, and San Francisco, probably Buffalo being the elite teams. I think Miami, Dallas, and Baltimore are probably a hair behind those top five. Um, the second eight is interesting because you have up-and-coming teams that haven't proven it yet, including the Chargers and the Lions. And although I have more faith in them, the Jaguars – too. Uh, my main reason for having faith in the Jaguars is they're in the you know Dumpster possibly the worst division in the NFL. Yeah, certainly. Well, the only reason they're not the worst division in the NFL is because the Jaguars themselves are in it. But uh, well, yeah, it, and and the Jaguars aren't in the NFC South where there's yeah. literally not a good team. No, in fact, someone may not have a winning record and win that division. It's happened actually, last year. It's actually, yep, it happened could happen again. Happen again. The Broncos will be back at practice tomorrow on their own, and then Wednesday and Thursday practice with the Rams. Friday will be off, and then Saturday will be the game, and then uh, then that's it for the preseason, week away from practice, and then they'll get at it for real. Thanks to all of you for interacting with us. Always appreciate the texts and the calls. Thanks to Dr. Rick Perea for joining us. Think1forU.org is the website for our Mental Mondays. Check up from the neck up with Dr. Rick and check out the new Molly Sports Magazine, which you'll start seeing around town tomorrow. We get a story about that as well. We'll also talk about that tomorrow with a man that has a couple stories in there, Cody Rourke. He will join us tomorrow on Molly Sports. Thanks to Danny Bailey in the booth making everything work. Uh, you can always uh, not only listen to the show, but watch the show on MileHighSports.com and on the free Mile High Sports app. Check it out. Best way to get everything that we do all in your pocket. We'll be back tomorrow for Sandy Clough. I'm Sean Drotar, but keep it right here on My Life Sports. <laughs>